Now beginning transmission 119. Elmer. File under animal farm. You know, and then, uh, yeah, that's funny because, like, you sort of were like, yeah, sure, I'm in. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, I thought you were really in. Now I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> to find out that you think I'd actually follow through with it. But I didn't think that I'd called your bluff, but apparently I totally called your bluff. Well, the other thing that I had this conversation with my sister-in-law, when you're a... Um, credibility is everything so i was asked to rip a tooth out of my nephew uh-huh. and i looked at him i come back with these uh, pliers i'm like dude if you let me do this i'll let you punch me in the balls uh-huh. and hillary's like would you really let him do it it's like dude i said it yeah if i backpedal on my pet all my credibility goes away yeah and he it's sat nothing and let me attempt no i was not successful so my junk was spared the punch but now were you not all- successful for lack of trying did you like sort of pull the punch so to speak and not actually totally pull his no, tooth that, out that, he's got like this weird snaggle tooth it's like 90 degree uh-huh. baby tooth that doesn't want to come out and i got it to wiggle and move but that root is deep how and old I, is this kid it's like eight okay so it's like a, it's a little kid tooth it's not like you know some adult who's like pull my no, tooth no, no, out no it's a little kid's tooth and the mother kept going we need to get that out it's like no i love this thing you know the, the fucking scariest thing i've ever seen in my life is a skull of a child that has his baby teeth still so uh-huh. like up above the teeth are always like adult teeth ah oh, no that is terrifying spooky I'll, I'll pull it up and show you it's like right. no I, well, I don't think we need to see that but it, but it comes Too back late. again it's about credibility if you backpedal you lose all credibility Valid point. so here's the question would you get another tattoo now that you have one or do you need some more time to think about it well what do I get next because I, I have toyed things for a long time yeah it's not like and I thought about that one and when you had the idea I was I had a rather specific thought in mind. Yeah. So, well, the thing was is that I wanted to get a tattoo while I was on that trip. You know sure. what I mean? But I was wishing to get something different. And then when I got home, Jess was like, I thought you were going to get, you know, the logo from uh, I Kill Giants, right? Right. Because I was originally my game plan. I'm like, well, here's the deal. Todd and I have been friends. Like, all, all my tattoos so far are all family-oriented. I mean, I guess right. all my, my two tattoos are family-oriented. Yeah. And so my thought process was, well, Todd and I have been friends since we were 12 years old. We are essentially siblings. So you know what I mean? Yeah, we're super old, but we're essentially siblings. So I'm like, okay, so I'm still considering this a family tattoo. And yes, it's probably the fucking broish thing I could ever get. You know, what I mean, outside of oh, maybe absolutely. doing, you know, a uh, outside of maybe doing it like as a tribal version of that. You know what I mean? Um, oh, Adam, I didn't need to see that shit. Wire all over that <laughs> wait, 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 a, a tribal frat tattoo. 
Yeah, like, I, I mean, I could do... Oh, my God, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you send it to him? Yeah. 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 Oh, God, that is really up. messed up. Thank you, Adam. You're going to give me nightmares now. God, that's try. horrifying. Oh, my so. God. Um, but yeah, so, like, so, I mean, yeah, it's kind of broish, but, like, it still has a... You know, it has, it has a family vibe to it, but now I'm also partially tempting. I'm like, okay, well, I have one geek tattoo on that shoulder. Maybe I just make that shoulder my my geek central tat like location. I just do all my geek tattoos on one shoulder. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could be all right. So yeah. That's what I've kind of thought but about what doing. What Brian as well. also needs to share is, was I a little bitch when I got it? No, not at all. You were totally like, you're totally chill. Because like, I would, I, and like the thing was is that I, like, she's like, okay, who goes first? And I just stepped in, like, I already have one. Let me just get it first. You know what I mean? So that, like, I didn't throw you under the bus and say, you have to get one first. So, like, you can at least watch me get one and, you know, know what you're expecting. Or, not that I don't think you would believe that I would do this to you, but I didn't want to put you in the position where you thought I would sucker you into getting a tattoo and then I would chicken out or not get one at all. And then be like, haha, fuck you, you have a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like, sure. but you already had them. I already have one, and also, if we were frat brothers rather than friends who've been friends for over two decades, <laughs> that might be a likelihood. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know. But uh, so yeah, so like, ah, oh, jumped in, I got it. But like, no, Todd was Todd was not a little bitch about it. In fact, we were asking the tattoo artist how often she has to tell someone, "Hey, stop moving" or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, every damn day." Like every day, she has to tell someone stop moving from getting a tattoo. What was so hot and sexy about this is I took off my shirt, and she has to pull out the little um. <laughs> For a thick razor, just oh, well, so she yeah. can clean up the spots. Because well, so Clark and I got our Batman tattoos uh-huh. like two weeks before you guys did. So yeah, we were the trendsetter. That no, was good. Yes. Um, Fuck you. Know, <laughs> that happens, well, dude. I'm a hairy dude. Like all my tattoos, I've had to have shaved, like my arm, well, not my hand, but well, I've got like the Captain America shield on my back. Some people say, "Oh, you've got wings on your back." No, I am like this A wing shield, fixed wing shield back there. So it, more it's so he can fly like a like a squirrel. Yes, squirrel. He braids it. He braids it together and turns it into a rope. I mean, he's a superhero. He's like Rapunzel with back hair. I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Adam told me his next uh, tattoo is going to be WWMBHD. What would Man- Manny both hands do? Fuck you. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but it was Actually, done I, in we such were a get... way that it always looks a bit moist. Oh yes, uh, I hate you so much right now. I've missed so you. What it's going to be is it's going to be a crucifix with many both hands on it. This is many both hands died for our sins, <laughs> and then it's going to have a uh, it'll have a rainstorm behind it, and then it will have Jennifer Lawrence dressed as uh, as uh, Mary, uh, you know, underneath it, and so it'll be raining on her, so she'll be a moist mother underneath, uh, you know, many both hands. That'll be Adam's next to do. It'll be a full back piece. It's going to be gorgeous. It'll be the trigger. Is the name of this piece. <laughs> and if you'd like to help out with that, please visit our GoFundMe. <laughs> uh, if I thought people would donate to that, I would totally do a GoFundMe. Also, if I thought Adam would really get it, I would do a GoFundMe, but I don't think Adam would really actually get that. No, um, I, I would take the money and run. I know as, you would. As you should. And he was never heard from again. Well, uh, welcome to... <clears throat> oh, shit, I had this written down. What episode are we on? 119. We're almost to 120, kids. Hey. Um, Do we ever get 115 yeah, published? No. <laughs> we well, we did it. That was a great episode, too. That was like my favorite episode. Which one was the one fifteen? That was Snagglepuss. Um, Snagglepuss. I, I literally, oh, yeah, you weren't here last week, Maya, but like, or uh, two weeks ago, whenever it was, yeah. uh, when we recorded. Um, I, I literally got so busy. Like, I was driving home from rehearsals on Sunday night because we normally publish at 12.05 Monday morning. And I suddenly was like, fuck, I haven't edited this. I have no time to edit this. Like, I had, to, I was going home at like, 11 30 i was driving an hour home so i was getting home by 12 30 
And then I had to be back up there at like 9 a.m. the next day. I'm like, this isn't just not going to fucking happen. And I kept trying to find a space that week to get it in and just never did. So it's our lost episode right now. I'm semi-thinking I'm going to keep it in our back pocket and release it if we ever get behind again and say, hey, here's a lost episode that we forgot to release back in the time. And so it might show up eventually. Well, I hope we do. Uh, that was actually, that was my favorite episode we did for Pride Month. That, that was, was the best book we read. It was, it was a great book for that, yeah. Well, the other thing, too, I have from that that I want to add is I actually have the live event that you guys did for uh, for the Hello Sweetie launch. Mm-hmm. I I have the audio from that as well that I'm going to add on it because that ends, like, ends the total conversation because there was that one last issue the that we didn't issue, get yeah. to. The yeah. Only so, anyway. That's not a trade. Yeah. That was our only one we did individual. Uh, that's true. That's the most bleeding edge we've been. So, some point in time, we'll release that book. I'm back in California now. I might have a little more time to get... My life remember, but I also I think I might just keep it in the back pocket just in case we ever get behind again. To be honest with you, um, so it might surprise you and show up there at some point in time. As so, our lost episode does exist. Um, unlike some other shows, we actually do have our lost episode. It was just me being way too fucking busy to get it finished. Or we could always do like, like a month out. when there's like five five weeks, and we could just do like four issues or four books, and then do that like our special edition. You're building us building in laziness. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, um, good. sometimes we need that, but. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so this is episode 119. This is our second to last book in uh, our Animal Farm uh, month, which is all animal-themed books. And boy, is this book ever animal-themed. Uh, we are doing <laughs> Just Elmer bit, yeah. this week. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Elmer, for those of you who are not aware of it, hey, this is one of those books, too. There's a few of these books we've done. This is one of those books that Todd read probably a long time ago. It was. Uh, what has forever been trying to get me to read this book. He's like, you got to read Elmer. Like, I'd show up at his house. He'd pull it out, sit on the table, try to get me to flip through it. Like, it got to the point in time where I almost was avoiding it because I knew how much he wanted to read this fucking book. And Fuck so you. finally I read this book. <laughs> I'm not I'm just saying. You know what I mean? It's like lima beans. You know That's what I mean? Smart. Like, or, or like Brussels sprouts. Like, your parents keep trying to make you eat them. You know what I mean? I'm not complaining about the book, but like when it's put in your in, in front of you so much, you're like, yeah, I know, I know, but like I have a to be red pile that's still ridiculous, that's the, and I need to. And Brussels sprouts are like butt sex. If you're forced to have it as a child, you won't enjoy it as an adult. <laughs> it's also very true. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, so Brussels Elmer sprouts. is. <laughs> if they're good, probably if they're just like hard boiled and like served to you, like they're gross. But you gotta like saute them and like add like a little bit of red wine vinegar and some garlic and parmesan. Bacon bits. They're not bacon bits, but sure. Yeah. On stuff you can't have anywhere. Yeah. Well, I can't have it. What, I'm just trying to become Muslim. Oh no, my blood pressure is high as fuck. Oh, all right. My liver's gonna kill me. That's why we have two livers. <laughs> That's kidneys, sir. You're, yeah. <laughs> no, we have two livers. I, I took anatomy and physiology. I'm fu- or which I'm, animal, I'm sir? Fucking with you guys. I'm, I'm, are you fucking with us, or did we just catch you and you're fucking off? <laughs> Never know. <laughs> Have I made that joke on here before about having two livers? No. Oh, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe no. Or at least not since I've been here. Okay, maybe it was before. It was I think it was like a, a joke with Q or something like that. That uh, could be. Maybe. I could always yeah. follow the apple way, just eat carrots and turn orange. We could, yeah. My mom did that when I was a kid. Yeah. She was like craving uh, carrots when she was pregnant with my brother and like turned orange. Oh, yeah. yeah. Steve Jobs had liver. Pancreas or liver? Pancreas. Pancreas. So he just ate carrots and he turned orange. Yeah. Well, he, he also died. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't Jeez. listen to his doctors. <laughs> no, when you get pancre- pancreatic cancer, you're pretty yeah. much just... Yeah, pancreatic lost. cancer is like the worst. It yeah. is. I have pancreatitis and that's the worst. Maybe cancer is worse than that, but it's... It depends who the can- who gets cancer. I'm fine with some people getting cancer. Sure. No, I hear you. Okay. 
introduction. I'm just sitting here being like, oh, go ahead, Adam. Dig this hole deeper. Let's see how far this goes. Let's be fine. Let's do oh, introduction. I've hit water and I'll keep on going. <laughs> I know. I'm like, let's just let's just see. Let's see who Adam wants to throw into the bus and have him get cancer. Let's see how well this goes. This will be fine. Um, it's like that meme of the dog sitting there in a room full of fire being like, this is this fine. Is I'm just like, okay, Adam. Fine. Let's see how this goes. All right. um, but you haven't known me to be extra cunty sometimes? So. A little bit. So I was trying to talk Brian into reading this for like five years, four years? Yeah, and finally read it this okay. week, actually. So, so now you read um, it. So now I've read it. So now we will actually discuss it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so Elmer, before we get into introductions, we'll just give you the heads up. It is uh, It's about... At some point in time, which is the interesting thing I found about this book and the book we have next week as well, mm-hmm. similar and actually a different book that I'm reading that we'll have from our recommendations. In all three of these books, um, there is just some event where all of a sudden animals become sentient um, to a certain extent. Uh, the, my recommendation is slightly different, but um, it's just interesting. So there's just this moment where all of a sudden chickens become sentient. Like they just all of a sudden can think and talk and you know, write, um, which is a big part of this book. And uh, that's what this book is about, is all of a sudden chickens start fucking talking. Um, and, uh, <coughs> and yeah, so that's that's the briefest of introductions I can give without spoiling anything. Uh, but the introductions I can give to everyone else, uh, the man who loved Brussels sprouts as a child and still loves them now, also still loves butt sex, we have Mr. Adam. Hey, what are you, what are you <laughs> spying on me the last couple of days? Um, good for you. you. Sir, I don't have to spy on you. You talk about it all the time. <laughs> I am well aware. Uh, hey, what's up? I'm a reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot. Also still figuring things out with uh, Board of Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Uh, and then also the co-host of the Cinema Queens podcast with our good friend Chris. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. And as we're recording this, we're actually going to the LGBT Damn These Seals Film Festival this weekend. And it's his first film festival. So I'm really excited Ooh. to all right. show him around. Uh, and yeah, that's me. Uh, speaking of Andy, next month we are actually doing Andy Wilson Month. For those of you who've been listening for a bit, um, when Woo! we did uh, March Madness and let people pick books, I was a bad person and completely neglected to put any of Andy's recommendations in there. And since next month is his birthday, and he's such a good friend of the show, and we do say hi to him every single week, we decided to let him pick all the books for the month. And he picked some great ones, actually. I'm really excited about all the books he picked. Um, the only caveat we gave him was please make sure that they're in print because Andy can get some uh, some pretty deep cuts in there every once in a while. Um, and hopefully he'll be joining us for some, if not all, of those books as well. Uh, That'd be but great. Remind me at the end of this episode, and we'll give you the heads up as to what those books are going to be. Also giving us some deep cuts and some wonderful book recommendations, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. <laughs> you didn't think I was going with you, did you? You thought I was no. going to go with Maya on that intro, I, I, didn't you? I, I thought you were, too. <laughs> so, I kind of was, and then he decided just to fuck with Todd and throw him in at the last minute. <laughs> well, thank you. So <laughs> I'm sitting here adjacent, as always, to Mr. Adam himself. The CDC. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. The CDC. Hi, Adam. Yeah. So, but I have assumed the position of next to Adam. <laughs> I love assuming the position. <laughs> you and Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon? Yeah, he's in uh, Animal House. Yeah. I've never seen Animal House. What? No, what? You haven't seen There's Animal a... House. You haven't seen Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, but I've seen like a thousand other movies you haven't. <laughs> this is true. Well, you just ain't right. Oh, man. It's on the list. Right, but fucking do it, I'm man. still trying to watch Westworld, too, so it's... Not, no, yeah, don't watch Westworld. I need to start Westworld. I watched yeah, the first But I'm Todd. Um, Hi, you Tom. can find me here as a panelist on the Funny Books and Firewater. I also do the English Class Hooligans with Brian and my better half, Amy. My better half. Hi, Amy. Hey. Amy. Yep. Um, I'm going to be in California the next few weeks, or in the next past few weeks, however this thing rolls. 
So I'm going to be hanging The week out. this comes out, you will be currently in California. I'll take that. So yeah. I'll be heading to California where it better not be so bloody hot as it is here in Utah right now. Uh, it's in the 80s. It's not bad right now. Good. We're in high 90s. So oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely cooler. Or hundreds, right? So, yeah. That's what's going on. See me. Say hi. Well, speaking of keeping at 100, we have the hip, the young, the fashionable Mr. Maya. I am absolutely none of those things you just said. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Maya. I haven't been on the hi, last, I haven't been on the last couple episodes. We missed you. I missed you guys too. Uh, you can catch me on the internet. Ooh. Hooray! Uh, hi, Twitter, internet. Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. Come yell at me or don't. Whatever. I I do things. So you say, come catch you on the internet. I'm picturing like a dog <laughs> chasing a truck. And you know, and just going it's after... 2018, it's po- Pokemon now. Mm. Pokeballs. It's Pokeballs yeah. that you're chasing? No, no, they're, they're catching me with Pokeballs. Oh, catching you? So, another tangent, because that's what we do. My dad got rid of a truck because he was driving home, and he was going up the street, and a dog came out and caught him. Huh. <laughs> and that's why I got rid of the truck? Well, it latched onto the tire and his tooth got stuck and it flipped the dog into the rear well of his truck and into the shit out of the side of it. And it ripped the jaw off of the dog. Ooh. And it really bothered my old man that this event occurred. And about... We got rid of the dog because it messed well, up his head. Well, it wasn't his dog. I got rid of the... the but the, there was yeah, a big no, old dent in the truck and he just looked at it and it kind of broke his heart. So he got rid of the truck. The dog survived or not? It, 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 it ripped his jaw right off when it flipped. Wow. So he no longer had a lower man. The way you started that story, it sounded like it was going to be one of those stories where, like, if, if the car can't keep up from a dog that I shouldn't have it, which sounded like the most Texas <laughs> thing your dad would ever do. No, 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 no. This was uh, this went dark and heavy right there. Way to bring that. That really did go dark. Down. That's right. But I know, good right? thing we're reading a nice upper called Elmer. <laughs> Not even remotely close. <laughs> uh, speaking of keeping the room down, hey, I'm Brian. Yo! I'm a sound designer based out in California. Um, currently, while you're listening to this, if, if you're listening to this when it first comes out, I still have shows running at the old Lyric Rep. Uh, there is Sense Sensibility, Macbeth, Ray Gardens, and Peter and the Starcatchers, all of which are very interesting challenges for me, at least, in different ways. Um, I have a personal favorite. If you want to know which one's my personal favorite, uh, email me or something. Um, <laughs> or something. Yeah. So I went up or and something. saw Macbeth with Brian. And he did. He sound designed it like a total horror show. And yeah, that's what yeah, it, yeah, it was. It's, oh. it's highly influenced by American Horror it Story really for is, sure. But it's, horror show? Yeah, it's yeah. utterly fantastic. Like it's a like, horror movie because like, like there's like a horrors. We're all you know, horrors. Like, like Rob Zombie. Horrors. Like like scary. Horrors. No, yeah, it's scary. It was awesome. Not W H O O R S. What? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No, I I I think the meanest thing I did in there was the death of Banco's child. I yeah, think you, the you killed thing the kid, Brian. I know. Well, it's in the script. I just made sure that the audience was aware of yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, you uh, went from implicitly implied to graphically explicit. It's not graphically explicit. She's not killed on stage. It's not graphic. But, but the audio leaves no doubt. That is true. Which makes it explicit. But, uh, Dude, I just, yeah, that that was one of the more evil things I've ever done with sound design. But that actually still was one fun. of the most horrible things I ever heard was there's a horror movie out called Session Nine. Came out I've, a while back. I heard about. Oh, I know that movie. I've seen that yeah, movie. I love it. It's a great movie. But at the end, there's a sound of a baby being killed off camera. Mm. Yeah, and it's the most horrifying. It, it's one actually, aside from the animal scream in Annihilation, which is like one of the best sci-fi movies of the last five years, um, mm-hmm. by the guy who did Ex Machina. 
Uh, it's the most terrifying sound I've ever heard in my life. And I refuse to watch that movie ever again because of that ending. It's, okay. It disturbed me too much. Well, speaking of disturbing, yeah. uh, so we have Elmer. It's not actually disturbing. I just oh, like to... Uh, but based on my drinking game, you will you will get a little sense of some things. Uh, so why don't we jump into those drinking games? And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and if not one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. And since I already brought it up, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Uh, so my, my drinking game rule is called... And now I'm a vegan. <laughs> uh, which is... <laughs> so it's uh, take a drink for every time you are traumatized into considering never eating chicken and or animals ever again. Mr. Maya, what is your drinking uh, game rule? My game's called Chicken Fucker because it will fuck you up. Uh, basically, anytime the word chicken is mentioned on a page, take a drink. I'll be nice. I'll limit it one per yeah. page. So, one, so the yeah. whole book. The entire book you're drinking. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, probably. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is yours? Um, tastes like cannibal. In the <laughs> book, the chickens get declared as part of the human race. So every time someone mentions, we used to eat you guys, or, you know, we could just eat you like we used to, you should take a drink. Yeah, which is fucked up. A actually. little bit. In a lot of different ways. <laughs> um, and uh, Mr. Adam. So mine is, you're terrible, Muriel. Every single time uh, it's referenced or shown how fucking horrible human beings are, take a drink. You yeah, know, that's a lot of drinking. So basically, this game—if you, if you try to do all of our games, you will have alcohol poisoning yeah. within the first just, three pages. Just yeah. you will one. die. Just one. The general rule seems to be with our drinking game rules: pick one. Don't do all. Just pick one. Or don't be a uh, pussy and do them all. Or do root beer. <laughs> no, that's how people die, sir. <laughs> if you do root beer, you uh, get diabetes at the end, but it'll still be fun. There you go. That's the Mormon way of that's doing cool. it. If you if you are deep in the heart of Utah and listening to this show. First, you need to go talk to your ecclesiastical leader. Unless it's my dad, then don't mention anything I said. Um, I don't know if I'll leave that in or not. You shouldn't. Um, but, future Brian. Future I, Brian. Future Brian, consider cutting that out. Uh, yeah, but, you know, drink root beer or, you know, some other beverage and, and have a lot of sugar and then bounce off the walls uh, like your friend Tyson used to. Well, so then uh, this is the time in which we uh, sort of discuss whether or not we view, uh, think that it is worth your hard-earned time, money, uh, you know, all sorts of other things to go hunt down this book and give it a read. Book for Pedro. So I've been asked by the judge to be the form. Book for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Uh, so what is your vote, Mr. Meyer? I vote yes. Uh, Mr. Todd. Well, I tried talking you into reading it for four years. I so know. Yes. I know you did. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. yes. Um, my vote will be Todd wins. So obviously, yes, I think uh, I think this is a good book to read. Um, I just would personally, I would be very selective as to who I, uh, I recommended this to, I should say. I'm the opposite. I would recommend it for everyone to read. So, Really? Yeah, Why is that? Uh, we can get into that later on. Okay. 
Okay, well then let's we'll do that. Yes. Okay, no. yeah, obviously yes. Okay, so um, does anybody else have any other forewarnings or things that they feel like we should warn people about before we go to break? It's uh, there uh, in forewarning. There is transracial masturbation. Transspecies. Transspecies. Transspecies masturbation going on here. So if that gets your little knickers in a twist, go ahead because that sounds like a fun time. Actually, that reminds me of an awkward story which I may or may not tell you <laughs> off air. I might have to tell you on air just so it, because it, it's not as bad as I've just led it up to believe, be, you know what I mean? Like, like were you jerking off a horse or something? weird story. No, 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 not at all. No. No, I, uh, I've just made it way worse than it ever is going to be. Like, the story now is just going to be a complete letdown. No, there's, so my sister-in-law is a wannabe model, and so she puts things up on her Instagram that, like, I should not see. And at one point in time, I said to my wife, I'm like, there are certain family characteristics that I should not know are hereditary or carried out to the entire family. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just like sure. shape, size, placement of things. Just not something I should know. Uh, which which kind of reminds me of this awkward sequence in the beginning, which we'll get into when we get into spoiler territory because it pays off a little bit later in a weird way you don't entirely expect. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that being said, okay, well, then we will take a little bit of break. We'll uh, play our little ditty. We'll play a little ad for uh, another show on our uh, fellow Hello Sweetie Network members or something. I said that in a really weird <laughs> fucking way, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, we'll play a, an ad. I believe it's for the box this month. It'll change every month. You'll get to hear a little different things. But then after that, we will be back. Um, and with it, we will spoil the shit out of it. So you have been warned. There are spoilers ahead. Rough waters, me matey. Uh, and uh, we will see you on the flip Can side. I flip your. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. What are you watching? Hey, what are you reading? Tell me, what are you loving this week? What are you putting in your ears? Welcome to The Box. I'm Charity. I'm Crystal. I'm Rebecca. On The Box, we talk about all the media we love, old and new. Here are hottest takes on the classic movies, new TV shows, our favorite podcasts, and what we downloaded this week. Subscribe on iTunes at HSPN The Box or wherever you get your podcasts to hear us every week. And don't forget, too much TV will rot your brain. A proud member of the Hello Sweetie Podcast Network. Does anybody want to summarize it really quickly, or should we just kind of jump into discussing it? Um, well, I guess the, the the summary is so you've got this this chicken named Jake, and he's mm-hmm. trying yep. to find a job, and he's all upset because he won't get hired because he's quote unquote a chicken. So they're they're speciesist against him. Is that how you'd say that? Uh, I guess you find so, yeah. out that his father Elmer, uh, which the book is named after, uh, had a stroke. It was a stroke. Yeah. Was yeah. Uh, so he goes yeah. back home, and he gets there, but uh, once he gets there, his father passes away. Well, they find out that his dad had been writing this book his whole entire life, and Jake always wanted to see it. And then when the will was being read, uh, Jake inherits this book. And so he goes through it and finds out that this was the diary that his father started. So back in the 1979, I believe it was, it was the middle of the night. All of a sudden, the whole world got bright as day and got black as night again. And all of a sudden, chickens had sentient. So they could start, they, they were able to talk, they were able to you know, start writing. And his father was writing the story of what happened because he thought it was really important that just in case they lose it one day, <clears throat> that their story is told. Well, the humans, of course, freak out. Uh, <clears throat> actually, uh, Elmer and his wife, and now future wife, were at a place that was uh, raising chickens to eventually kill them in poultry farm. Poultry farm. So the whole book is kind of Jake dealing with that and also kind of dealing with his own <clears throat> mis- misgivings with humans, how he doesn't trust them. His sister's dating a human, uh, engaged to a human. His brother, uh, Fred, or Francis, they like to call him now, yeah. 
who might be gay. We never really figure that out. Francis. Francis. <laughs> uh, it's a it's movie, a movie star, star also as well. Yeah, he's is, a movie star. Yeah. A movie star movie chicken. chicken. And then, yeah, the whole book is just basically how, you know, Jake didn't really know his father that well because, and you find out what was my because his father had a lot of anger and issues and he didn't want to kind of impart that on Jake. And it ends with uh, Jake actually writing a book about his father and what everything he went through from the beginning till now and his kind of coming to terms with his own prejudices against humans and also just uh, everything that his family and also uh, humans who protected his family went through when all this craziness was happening. And then, so the, the other thing that I wanted to mention, that, which is what pays off a little bit oddly, which I thought was really interesting, is that, so the girl he's masturbating mm-hmm. to at the very beginning of the book, his brother is actually in a movie with her and kind of tries to set him up on a date with her, which is kind of awesome and awkward all at the exact same time. You know I'm what I mean? trying to do a brother a solid, I get, but yeah. Well, I get that, but I mean, like, I, I think it'd just be one of those more awkward things of, like, meeting someone who you have uh, looked at pictures of on the internet, you know, and then all of a sudden go, and then all of a sudden wanting to date them, and, you know, things get hot and heavy on one of your dates, and, like, there ain't nothing you ain't already seen before, I guess. You know, Katie um, Holmes had uh, posters of Tom Cruise on her wall when she was growing up. That's awkward. Yeah, but the Katie Holmes Tom Cruise thing is super fucked up and weird all over the place anyway, without even that being added into the mix. But it is now. It's there. Although I do love the Jonathan Colton song Tom Cruise Katie uh, Tom Cruise Crazy, which is pretty I'm awesome. Not familiar with I don't that. know if anybody's ever heard that. No, me neither. Oh uh, I it's too long of a song, but like go on to like uh, Spotify if you're at home listening to it. It's Jonathan Colton was a um, computer programmer who started writing uh, songs and then he did um, a thing for a little while, which he called a thing a week, where he would write one new song every week, and then eventually put together four albums out that year, and basically one per quarter. So there's one for the spring, one for the fall, one for the summer, and stuff like that. And that was about the time where Tom Cruise was jumping up on his on Oprah's couch. And so there's a song called "Tom Cruise Crazy," which is all about Tom Cruise acting like he's crazy in love with Katie Holmes, so that no one knows that he's gay. Mm-hmm. It's basically what the whole list of songs. He also has a great song called "Read Your Brains," which is a it's it's full of like inner office jargon like memo jargon it's a memo from an office full of zombies trying to convince the holdouts that are hidden in one of the offices to open up the door and let them come in and eat their brains uh it's it's pretty awesome i had a t-shirt with all the lyrics on it uh from one of the shows he also did probably i think the most recognizable song he did was still alive from portal that was jonathan Oh, he no, also did. There's a song of his. Gold Crusher Ma- uh, Mountain was on uh, one of the uh, Guitar Heroes mm. as well, um, and he did a really great cover of "Baby Got Back," actually, which is pretty awesome. Uh, like acoustic guitar, nerdy guy. If you're listening to a, co- a, a show about comic books, his sense of humor will probably speak to you in some way or another. So I'd totally, if you haven't listened to him before, you should go check him out for sure. Um, but yeah, so um, but getting into yeah. Elmer. Uh, there are there are a lot of subjects at play here that you know chickens are obviously just sort of a stand-in for other things. One of which, obviously, being racism. Um, there is some uh, some discussions about uh, gay rights and or uh, equality in marriage and things like that, and uh, discussions of um, affirmative action. There's a lot of really interesting discussions here, and I kind of want to get people's thought process on the political undertones and things like that within this book. Or is that too heavy of a question for no, this show? No, we've done that before. Yeah. We, we did V for okay. Vendetta. I mean. <laughs> Valid point. Okay. So, but I, mean, I guess that's the thing that, like, when I think of this book now, having read it mm-hmm. a few days ago, that's one of the things that, that jumps out as me is just thinking of the political ramifications of this book. And it may just be what I've currently read in, in recent films that I've seen that that's really on my mind. But that was, I think, 
one of the big things that stuck out a lot, and I want to get other people's thought processes on that. Well, I mean, the, the LGBT thing definitely stood out for me because there's there's a really big moment in the book when the chickens are fighting with the humans, and the UN declares that no, we now view chickens as human because they've they've had this awakening, mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, oh, and then they can they afford the same rights, so you can't abuse them anymore. They can get married, they can do all the, everything yeah. else because they're quote unquote human now. And we look at uh, you know we, we've seen that with like you mentioned the civil rights movements with people of color, uh, and also with uh, LGBT rights is that you know we, we've had this moment now where and it's, it's funny because actually we recorded Cinema Queens today and we were talking about you know back when Obama was president how all of a sudden we had these rights pop up where we had marriage equality passed mm-hmm. by the Supreme Court and protections for trans people and it kind of started shifting the Overton window towards where more mainstream Americans were starting to view LGBT people as actual people not just like this thing that the past told them was evil but you still have those, those holdouts who mm-hmm. didn't want to believe that, who believe that, you know, like, and we still have people, oh, they're, you know, God made Adam and Steve, Adam and Steve, and people who are saying that we should, you know, take gay people and round them up and put them on an island somewhere so they can all die of AIDS. Uh, and then also when the whole, the, the uh, bird flu thing happened in here, mm-hmm. and millions of chickens yeah. were killed because of it, I mean, that's exact parallel yeah. for the AIDS crisis back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a pretty obvious connection between yeah. the two. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being like, so when I, the, the first, like, I'd say 20 pages of the book, I wasn't really into it because I didn't get where they were going with it. Sure. But the moment that it started clicking, I started seeing all these parallels, and especially with our, our current political climate now, where we're, we've got a president trying to take away my rights and doing mm-hmm. things and appointing mm-hmm. justices and, and actually doing actions that is literally going to kill gay people. Um, he's literally mm-hmm. taking money away from AIDS funding that goes towards uh, providing medicine for HIV positive people. And using it to build more detention centers for kids. I mean, that just <clears> happened this week. Mm-hmm. So you look at this where, like, you've got these people arguing, oh, you're not human because you're other. And that's kind of how I felt. Like, I've been treated a lot of my life. So, yeah, this book came really close to home with me. Uh, and that's why when I said I think it's something that everyone should read, maybe not everyone's going to get all the nuances and the little political, um, you know, little side notes that maybe I'm picking up on because I'm, de- I'm living with that. But. Yeah, I live in a world where I have people walk down the street who want to kill me, and I don't know who they are. I think for me, the reason why I was hesitant mm-hmm. about recommending it to everyone, though, is because I think the political message is good, and I, I think for that, I, I agree that I think you know everyone should read it. The thing about it is, is that it's also one of those books where conceptually, if you're not, if you're not a, a I don't want to say seasoned comic book reader, but if you haven't read a lot of comic books and you are not necessarily used to because a lot of comic books that we read, and a lot of—I mean, a lot of times when I pitch comic books to people, they always have sort of an angle. You know what I mean? Like, like sort of a, a, a semi-extreme hook or like a perspective. You know what I mean? Like something very different. It's—it's it's a book about this. It's uh, you know, DMZ is a, a, a Second World War, and the, and New York City is where the two armies of have hit. And you know, I mean, it, it's like there's like there's hook, and so. I think for people who aren't necessarily used to comic books, I mean, if, if they think, oh, comic books are Batman and Superman and, and guys in tights and whatever, this might be a little too weird for them to get past for them to get the uh, message out of it. You know what I mean? Kind of like you were struggling with it in the beginning until you started seeing what was going on with it. I don't necessarily know if everyone I would potentially recommend this to would be able to get that far into the book without going, that's just fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like. I know there'd probably some people out there who wouldn't make it past the chicken masturbating to a, a, a human woman. You know what I mean? Like, I can see it. I think it's a what a wonderful way to introduce uh, sentient being, though. Then, right. Through masturbation? You, you well, we, all do it. we all do it, but it's purposeful masturbation. It's like, oh, this is... Per- 
and you're totally self-identifying with what's going on going oh yeah i can see this going on down and down like it's a chicken what the fuck yeah and i i think it's i can see why people would be turned off by it because it might offend a sensibility of theirs but i think it's a brilliant way to um introduce the concept of someone i mean they're masturbating they're lusting over um some pictures of this other person that they found insanely attractive and so what Mm -hmm. you're having is like oh they're going through this you feel a bit uncomfortable but there's also immediate um something you find like immediate commonality with them it's like oh i get this someone's going in here we're getting inside this person's head i i get this person Mm -hmm. what's going on there and then like it's a chicken it's like oh wait a second that's someone completely different but i was just self-identifying with them for a few moments and now but they're a chicken and what is that doing is wait it's a chicken i'm not a chicken why are we (laughs) self-identifying right there and i really think it's a wonderful introduction of going oh it's a chicken therefore it's not human as one might say or anything else right there but you start off and with a little bit in the back of your head it's i've I've identified and therefore i already have common ground i think it's that i also think that just masturbation in general is still just enough of a taboo that it's almost it's a it's a speakeasy door it's a password if you get past that point in time you're open to what the rest of the story has to offer you know what i mean like if you can read past that then okay then you're in you know, and so I think that also adds to the potential effectiveness of this book because, you know, if you read a book about chicken masturbating to a woman and you're willing to continue, then <laughs> then you're willing to hear what that artist actually has to say. You know what I mean? So, and it really makes it sound like it's some kind of like Porky's raunchy comedy when you first. It really isn't, it. but it is an interesting. I mean, I don't get. I'm not disagreeing with you that it's a good introduction. It's just there's some interesting aspects to introducing a character that way. Yes. You know, well, also, both positive and negative, potentially. You know, and I, I don't know, I'll, I'll be the first person to say I'm guilty of this, where I'll be reading, a, I can't think off the top of my head what book it would be, but I'll be reading a book or reading a comic, and it won't show the main character. And so, in, in my mind, I'm already identifying with this kid, this is a white male, blah, 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 yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, this is a person of color, or it's a woman, or something different. Yeah. Go back <clears throat> to the movie Love, Love, Simon, and I got a shirt of it that says, why is straight the default? It's like, you know, we always mm-hmm. default to what, even as a gay person, I still automatically meet someone assume they're straight, unless it's like you know they're trailing sequence glitter and incense, right? Uh, which some people do, uh, but no, I mean there's the, we do have those preconceived notions, and I think you know as much as it can be uncomfortable, as you mentioned with masturbation, so being kind of a taboo subject, even though it's the most fucking natural thing people do, um, and you know if, if you believe in the whole you know staying a virgin until you're married kind of thing, there's no way you could make it if you didn't jerk off. Um, I do agree with Todd, though, is that mm-hmm. it's cool because, like, you get this notion of what's going to happen, what's going on, and all of a sudden it just throws you for a loop, and it, it does kind of connect with that because that is a commonality, but also it takes that preconceived notion you had, throws it out the window, and tells you, you are in, you've got a ride in store for you, because this That's book right. is something like you've never read before. Yeah, you thought it was going one way. It's not. not. <laughs> yeah, because you look at the front cover and you think, oh, it's just like someone's pet chicken they dressed up. And that's that's not it at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I flipped to a, to a page that's in the uh, the poultry uh, farm. factory farm, yeah. whatever, and it's all the chickens hanging upside down before they start yeah. cutting their heads off. That's the vegan point for me. That's where I was like, um, maybe I don't point. want that, you know, that You see the guy with scissors just cutting off the heads of the chickens in line? Ugh. Yeah. In the midst of them gaining sentience, so they freak out and kill the guy. As one would. As one would. You know, that's, that's As how it one goes. would. Well, it's interesting watching it because Elmer has all this built up anger in his book that he didn't want to show, but he was talking a lot about his brother 
not Johnson. Uh, Joseph. Joseph. And Joseph was the ultimate cockfighter. They were talking about generations of bread of being mm-hmm. a cockfighter. And he, there was only one way Joseph was going to die. And it was like a foregone conclusion. And it was kind of accepted. Mm-hmm. And he was going to die fighting, basically. He was going to die fighting. So, and he totally did. But what a vicious little dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the writer is Filipino, though. I mean, there is a, uh, a mm-hmm. fighting culture there as well. So it kind of fit into part of that subculture that's so prevalent in in that society there you know what i mean of the fighter i mean like as we're recording this manny pacquiao um just uh just won another fight what today or yesterday i think it was today you know what i mean and like i dated a, a girl who came from a filipino family and like they fucking love manny pacquiao like anybody like and they're very proud of their culture and their heritage and people from their same uh the same community which i i totally get and i understand and respect so um but that that you know that toughness and that warrior spirit i mean i I understand you know it made sense i guess for me for that to be sort of blended into this story in that way you know yeah and i like is was it later on that was it the the gang or whatever you found out they were all like former uh the gallo yeah they were all former cockfighters yeah Mm -hmm. i like that they're like you know this this is what we know we're gonna be the badasses that are like don't fuck with us yeah Mm-hmm. This is what we can provide, you know, we can be the muscle because that's what we know how to do. Talking about that Holocaust reference with the poultry farm, but there's the other story with Jake going to school with who he thought were some of his buddies, mm-hmm. pin him down or getting ready to shove a stick up his ass. Cluck for us like you used to. Right. Yeah. Until the gang shows up and it's, um, I imagine that could potentially be triggering for quite a few people. Yeah. Um, well, well, there's that. that. I mean, it also, it kind of had a sense of, um, it sort of had a sense of uh, the kind of thing you might encounter in the South. You know what I mean? Of like certain yeah. racism there. I'm sure there's other equivalents of there, but that that particular incident reminded me of something that like, you know, something you would probably see in like Django Unchained or something to that effect. You know what I mean? Like, Right. It could be a, something in the South. It could, I mean, you watch it. It's like someone's getting raped. As much as anything, it was almost starting to remind me. You've seen the movie Monster the other Patty Jenkins, Charlie Theron yeah. flick. And there was a scene in there that was absolutely brutal. And it kind of reminded me of that, to be honest. So, but it was, it was, it was a tough portion as he was going through. So you have the main character, Jake reading this book with some scars of his own and his anger. He has at people is um, come by honestly, by all means. Oh yeah, for sure. And, so you've got this planet Earth. I mean, as it goes through, the UN comes through and they recognize the sentience of chickens and they say they're part of humanity now and the turmoil that caused there and then people trying to come out of it again. It's like, you know, this did happen. There was a lot of turmoil and bloodshed, but the old phrase is you don't make peace with your friends. You have to make peace right. with your enemies. And at some point, you need to like, at this point, we're moving forward and this is the new status quo and some people have a really tough time with that status quo or think, you know, I can say this in the price meal home. But as um, racism is still alive and prevalent today... We have literal Nazis walking down the street. We have literal Nazis. Running on Republican platforms. They are. And things are going through, but in some ways one hopes that as the older generation dies, some of that thinking dies with it. And things can get better, and I hope they are getting better for a lot of people in a lot of ways but it's a question of time that has to go by but it doesn't help the people in the middle of it 
Well, and I mean, I think there will be something that people of our generation, their grandkids are like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know what I mean? Whatever that is going to be. And I don't know what it is. Um, You know, they'll be, they'll be super disappointed in us that we, uh, you know, that we hate people for having liked Creed. You know what I mean? And be like, why does someone's musical preference? disappointed in us for liking Creed. And Nickelback. Oh, damn it, you beat me. (laughs) Yeah, no. But like, I mean, but like, you know I mean? Future generations may... May, may be like no man musical equality or whatever some horse shit I don't know but like I mean I, there, they'll probably they'll be a thing you know what I mean they'll well, completely be a thing I guess my, my thing that really annoys me like, actually makes me angry is you know we look back at like our grandparents and mm-hmm. or like you know back before when we had segregation and like people were still treated as second class citizens and you know my whole life I've always been like it's, I'm so happy that we don't I mean yes racism still out there racism still exists but we're not at the same level you know we, we've learned from them and it's still fucking happening it's like, so we're gonna, we ne- sat back. It never went away. It just <clears> got quiet. Yeah, but it just it, it, it pisses me off that you know we look back at our grandparents and even even some of our parents who were of a certain age, and like oh my god, like how there was such blatant racism back then. Like I feel so awful and horrible about that. But we're sitting here thing, saying the same thing. Like well, in forty years, our grandkids are going to tell us the same thing. I mean, like, how fucked up is that? Like, you know, yes, history is cyclical in nature, and we're going to, you know, we're doomed to repeat the past. We don't learn from it. But I kind of hope we got over that because it seemed like we kind of had for a bit. And then, nope, I was wrong. Well, but I also, I mean, the honest fact of it is, and maybe this is a pessimistic view of it, is I feel like humans can only accept so much change at a certain point in time. That's part of the reason why I think the president who was currently elected is got elected, because I felt like there was part of the country who thought, Okay, wait. You got some progress out of us with a black president. That's enough for right now. You're not getting a woman president as well. And so I, I feel like, because I would like to think that I'm a relatively open-minded individual, and I think that I am. But I don't know what the history holds. I am sure that there's going to be one thing that I don't understand that my grandkids are like, "This is the dumbest thing you've ever said." You know what I mean? Or disappointed in me for saying something, or like using a phrase, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. I'll call something stupid and they, they'll they be upset about me using the word stupid because that won't be politically correct at that point in time. Probably isn't politically correct right now anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there'll be stuff like that. Um, so, I don't know. There'll, there'll be something, I am sure. Um, with the ending of segregation, when was the last um, school district desegregated in the United States? I would be surprised. I actually wouldn't be completely surprised if there still was a segregated school district. It was seven years ago. Are yeah, fucking kidding. Me? In Mississippi, of course it was in Mississippi, but it was seven years ago. It's in Mississippi, it's still nineteen fucking fifty. Pretty much, it lasted for six, over sixty-two years after the order. Yeah, and and having lived in North Carolina, that's why I was kind of like, I'm not entirely certain that's not completely done yet. So yeah, you know what I mean. It was the last holdout, and it was during that, the Obama administration. That completely doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so. You know, pronouncements can be made and the big groups can be forced and then people will recognize, you know, this really was the right thing to do, but there mm-hmm. can be holdouts. No, for sure. Unlike the sentient chickens, it's not like a light bulb was turned on and everyone suddenly became accepting of anything. That's you know true. what I mean? You, you mean the sky didn't get really bright and then go dark and all of a sudden, like, that that's where the Everyone was accepting from? of gay people or whatever? <laughs> yeah, no, The sky was really light and went dark. Yeah. Oh, it's just okay. It and, then, then, and then the gays appeared. Yeah, we came out from under our rocks. Yeah, that's right. Let's be honest with you, okay? If the gays suddenly appeared, it would be much more dramatic than that. You know, <laughs> that is true. You know, and also with this book, I want to talk about. So Jerry Alaguian, is that how you would say it? 
Alan, uh, Alan Gwilin. Alan Gwilin. He's Filipino. Uh, yeah. I apologize, Gary. Yeah. Um, going through or it. Jer- so- Gary? Sure. It's probably Jerry. Sure, Jerry. Apologize again. So he was an inker for DC and Marvel, and he did a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he ran and did this on his own. So it's in black and white. I guess we should tell people that there's no color beside. <laughs> Too late now. Ink. We're past the spoilers. If if if, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna read it, we've yeah, already spoiled. I don't it. see color. Yeah, right. Oh, good for oh, you. Bitch. For me, it's just the red and green chickens. <laughs> I don't see. <laughs> <laughs> I this saw is... something on on uh, on Instagram that it told me. Uh, I, I don't know how true this is or not. Is there actually really such a thing as uh, uh, green brown colorblindness? No, your your eyes have red green cones and blue yellow yeah. cones. So you're either red green deficient or absent, or blue yellow deficient absent, or a combination of the two. That's why so. I suspected. I thought there was something to that effect. So like I saw this on on the internets, and I'm like, this well, is funny, but I think it's brown? bullshit. Red brown. No, oh, it was green brown. Green. Like, because so, because basically the joke was is that someone had taken a friend of theirs who was green brown, quote unquote, if that existed, which I don't think it does. Green mm-hmm. brown colorblind and taken them to Wicked, and at intermission they were horrified that they thought they'd been taken to the most racist play in the world because no one would be this girl's friend because she was black. And oh then, <laughs> and then, and then suddenly realized, oh wait, she's green. And but I was like, I don't think there is such a thing as green brown colorblindness. No, no it's, so it's so it's green. obviously made up story on the internet. And so now I'm I'm just a little disappointed that the internet's lied to me because it was a great story. And I think I actually told somebody else's story. Now I feel bad for passing worked. on this this horrible thing. I know. Yeah, you did. What's interesting? Uh, so as being a member of the colorblind community, is the um, occurrence. Right, the occurrence of a male colorblind is what is the rule? Um, the thing they're talking about about ten percent of the population, as I understand, is gay. I've heard. <clears throat> I would, I would mm-hmm. well, it, it's lower than that, but I mean that's okay. Like, I mean, for, if you're trying to include people who aren't out or won't talk about it, they say ten percent. Okay, well, one in twelve dudes are colorblind, and one in two hundred women. My dad is red, red, green colorblind. Oh, yeah. So he must sure. hate Christmas. Some sometimes needs needs help to go clothes shopping to make sure he's getting matching clothes. You ever oh, Todd had some interesting uh, <laughs> clothing choices when we were in high school. It you was know amazing. I saw that. You only wear blue jeans and black shirts. I was gonna say you pick the wardrobe that always matches. That's how you solve that. No, the best was Todd had a pair of purple pants, and <laughs> the things that he would match with those were incredible. And I would never say anything because, frankly, I was a dude and it didn't bother me in the least. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, whatever. But like when he started dating Amy, Amy sort of had to sit there and go, no, okay, well, no, we're think... gonna we're gonna do something about this. You know, she held on to my um, cords and the Muppet Animal T-shirt I used to wear. Oh so yeah, I had those Earth Tone cords and that Muppet T-shirt. Yeah. She says if I die within the next, you know, she, that that's my uh, funeral garb. Oh, is it really? That is my funeral garb because that's I'm how down with she that. remembers me most in high school like and, that. And you'll be holding a copy of Elmer. <laughs> Maybe not Elmer. It's Probably a, a Batman comic. It might be. So, yeah. Uh, what were we cool. talking about again here? Elmer. No, I know. Elmer, <laughs> I don't see red, green. Oh, it's black and white. Got it. The yeah, it really was pretty a- good. There is some, you know, I, I'm going to make a doing the ends. Darth Vader run, Karen Gillan. There's a number of shots the artist has been um, drawing Darth Vader, and you just have Darth Vader, and the dude, it's just a mask sitting there. And it's not yeah. like, well, you need to put emotion on this mask. It, it's just this goddamn mask. Mm-hmm. And yet there are frames where he looks, and you just get this 
absolutely know exactly what he's thinking and the tone coming across. That artist did an incredible job. Here on these chickens, the intensity of the look you get in some of these chickens that he drew is oh, yeah. just fantastic. And so it's one thing, it's like, oh, look, that dog is cute and puppy-eyed or he is mad at you. And it's easy to have all this emotion in like a dog or cat, but you've got a chicken. It's like, how much facial expression can there be in a chicken? This guy put fucking all of it in there. It was fantastic. I mean, like they were humans. Like they were like humans. They were human. Yes. My, 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 my only one kind of gripe about this book mm-hmm. is sometimes it would time jump and it took me a couple of pages to realize that it time jumped. Okay. From oh, I him, gotcha, yeah. From reading the book about the past back into the present. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really the only negative thing I think I can say about the book. But yeah, so it was written and drawn by the. I mean, this was a one guy's passion project. So really, what I wanted to yeah. talk about was chicken equality. This came out in 2010. First printing of that thing right there. So it's probably what 2009 when they first started rolling out the issues, or 2008 would be a guess. Uh, first. Yeah, I mean, it was published print. in America in 2010. First printing October 2010. So. Well, that's and the American the printing though. It was it was released in Philippines uh, before okay, then. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy really is a Filipino, so we're reading a trans-pacific comic book here yeah yeah so all right cool uh well i think it's time for some cocktails behold Mr. we finally fulfill Mr. the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water who would like to go first on their cocktail i got mine yeah okay go ahead mr adam I, I lied. I deleted a box. <laughs> okay, well, then I'll go with mine. Okay. Because they're chickens, there's a great deal of discussion about them eating corn um, and corn on the cob and when they first start eating, like, corn cooked and things like that. And somehow this stuck in my head, so I thought I was going to try to go find a random corn cocktail. And believe it or not, I fucking found one. It actually sounds uh, pretty good. It does, actually, because I sent this to everybody else, and I'm like, I, if I would have had time, I would have actually tried to make this, and I might try to make it at some point in time as well. So it is one-fourth cup of fresh uh, corn kernels, a uh, half ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, a half ounce of uh, Damaris syrup, which is basically, uh, you take equal parts of Damaris sugar and water. It's, it's basically simple syrup but it's with Demaris sugar and you heat it over a saucepan and then you let cool. You basically mix it together. So it's simple syrup, but it's using Demaris sugar. Um, one and a half ounces of dark rum, three drops of mole bitters and ice. And you muddle the corn at the bottom of the cocktail shaker until the kernels are mashed and a milky liquid forms. Mm. Um, add the lime juice, the syrup, uh, the rum and the bitters fill with uh, fill shaker with ice and shake for about 10 seconds aka shake the shit out of it uh, <laughs> use both a cocktail strainer and a fine mesh strainer so you're going to double strain it into a cocktail glass and uh, enjoy but there is a sweet corn cocktail which actually you know considering like you know hot dogs and corn on the cob may not be a bad like summer sort of cocktail maybe I'm going to have to try that at some point in time it really does sound but, quite so, intriguing do, yeah it really does try it and check back in with us or Maybe try it when Todd comes out uh, to see you, and you can both try it. If we have enough time, yes, I have plans for him, man. I've I've highly scheduled, like like a the, soccer mother, I have highly scheduled his time agenda. out here. I do have an agenda. I have bought tickets to things. Things are happening. I have an itinerary so. that he has laid out for me. It it's true. true. It's, it's fucking true. He has clothes laid out for you. Oh, the uh, yeah. <laughs> 
the yeah. consideration he has done for my dear pregnant wife is absolutely adorable. Dude, I don't want to be the asshole who drags a pregnant woman to a bunch of bars and a bunch of shit she can't do. Like well, she can do it. That's a choice. But like, there, there's, I've gone online and looked at like what rides she can go on and which ones she can't. You know what I mean? Like, I've been, very, I've been very concerned and about it. And we find this very adorable and heartwarming. So thank you. I, I appreciate that. I have known her almost as long as I've known you, a I few know. years shorter. So uh, I have a equal concern for both of you. Yeah. No, no. Thank you for that. Okay. Okay. Speaking of such, Todd, do you have a uh, do you have a cocktail? I do. It's a lot less delightful. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't yours the one like it's like a it's like a, a joke shot on your twenty first birthday? Uh, it's it's called the Prairie Chicken. So um, who here hates Jen? I do. I hate. Jen. I love Jen. All right, so you have a shot glass. You put a shot of yeah. gin in it, and then uh-huh. what you need to do is you crack an egg and you get rid of all the white stuff, and you just mm-hmm. egg whites. You so just have all the egg whites, right? You get rid of the egg whites. <laughs> so you just have this egg yolk after you crack the egg uncooked. You drop the egg yolk into this um, shot of gin, and then you just put a little salt and pepper on top of it, and then you shoot that sucker. Sounds fucking awful. <laughs> no. Like a Rocky Balboa, man. No, when uh, my buddy turned twenty-one, we took him to an Irish pub in California, and they called it Chicken Eye. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was it. Was it? Was it? Was it? Yeah. Except he said tequila, not gin. There you go. This is fucking oh, gin. I would do this with tequila. Yeah, Way it was. Over it was gin. a raw egg. It was tequila, and then salt, pepper, and Tabasco. No Tabasco. Just yeah. The Tabasco would make it better. This just doesn't. You can have that in the cement mixer. Ugh. Yeah, so the prairie chicken, if you can have more than one of those, you've got a stronger stomach than I. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, Mr. Adam, do you have your cocktail ready now? Uh, I do, yeah. So mine is called the Red Rooster, and okay. it's, it's a bit more delightful than Todd's. <laughs> uh, you take a, a, a shaker, you add two ounces of vodka, four ounces of cranberry juice, and actually they make sugar-free cranberry juice now, which I'm very happy about. Mm. How is that not bitter as hell? It actually tastes really good. So. How was that not? Oh, they use uh, like, like Splenda or like something. Splenda, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then a half ounce of orange juice. You shake the shit out of it and you strain over ice in a highball glass. Okay, that does sound interesting. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the Splenda, reminds me of uh, a a drink that Michael Scott drinks on the uh, Office, which is uh, Splenda and Scotch. Because tastes like Splenda gets you drunk like Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does. That sounds good, but from. The Departed. Whenever I hear someone drinking, a dude having like a drink with cranberry juice, just that scene in the bar where the guy looks at and says, "What? Are you on your period?" <laughs> Comes into my brain every single time. Every single time. Every time. Mister, I, I have another thing that comes into my head, but it's definitely not politically correct. It is uh, one of the opening lines from the movie. Oh, what is that movie? I watched it with you several times, Todd. Oh yeah. Way no. of the gun. Way of the. I love that one. Which one? Shut that Way cunt's the, mouth before, before I, I fu- fuck start yeah. her head. Before I come over there. That's Way the, the line I'm thinking so of. Good. I love that movie. Oh yeah. But yeah, that for some reason that well, line always stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Written and directed by the great Christopher McQuarrie, which has done the last two Mission Impossible mm-hmm. movies. Well, has he really? Yeah. So he's doing this um, oh. Fallout and which opens this week as we record, and I'm right. excited. That looks good, and he did the last one, too. Every time I see my uh, Tom Cruise run now, I think of the Family Guy sketch making fun of him where he's, like, outrunning the gay. He's like, gay can't catch me, gay can't catch me. And so, like, every time I see him running, especially on the trailer for that, I'm just like, gay can't catch me, gay can't catch me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail, uh, sir? So mine is a chicken soup hot toddy. Oh, Hooray! It's one ounce of gin. It actually has listed here no-let's gin, but I would assume you could use whatever gin you want. 
Uh, one dash of celery bitters, a quarter ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, four ounces of chicken stock heated. Uh, pour all the ingredients into a snifter and then garnish it with a carrot stick, celery stick, and parsley. The, the first time I ever actually had a hot toddy, I was doing a yeah. show um, in. Did can, you think of me? I did not. I was. Uh, I was having. <laughs> I was. I was sick, and uh, one of our actors in one of the shows I was working at was guest bartending. Um, this was at a theater I was working at in Connecticut, and uh, so we went to this bar, and he made me a hot toddy, like a couple hot toddies on the mal- on on the house to try to get me to feel better. I also think he was trying to get my pants, but that was a totally different issue. Um, he was the same guy who ordered me a uh, a blowjob shot and demanded that I do it without my hands. And nice. so I had to, like, the funny thing was is that they served their shots in plastic shot glasses, and so I broke the shot glass with my mouth, and all the gay guys were a little horrified and turned on at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if Adam has a vote oh, on that or not. Fantastic! You should be proud of that one. I was kind of proud of it. Adam, what's your thought? Yeah. Sexy or scary? I'm what? Sorry, I was I was getting a million texts in a row. Oh, fine then. No, I was telling the story about how I uh, I was drinking a blowjob shot without using my hands, and I broke the shot glass in my mouth. Oh God, no! That's scary. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> I've actually I've never I, I've done a blowjob shot, but I don't. No, did we do it with our? I think we did do it with our our hands. Mm. It's, a, it's been a long, long time since I've had one of those, though. I remember they're tasty. They are good. They're very good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Was that the Irish cream and amaretto? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's very good. good. It's hard to go wrong with the blowjob. It's in more ways than one. <laughs> um, cool. Well, does anybody else have anything else they want to discuss on this, or should we move on with our lives? I think no, it's pretty I think, awesome. I think, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I think we've, fantastic, and everyone should read it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, then, so let's go into final grades. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. So fucking fun. God, please, no! 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 Um, and since we have uh, Jerry, we think his name is Jerry, uh, both hey, Jerry. wrote and illustrated, all these grades will be for Jerry, but we'll separate them out. Uh, so for writing, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm going to give it an A. It's... Uh... You know, it might not have seemed as relevant eight years ago, but it sure as hell seems very relevant today. And uh, no, it's uh, I think it's a solid A. I think eight years ago it probably was very progressive, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, I'll, I'll agree with you, and I'll go with an A on that one. Um, and yeah, Todd wins another one of trying to get me to read a book. I should stop just stalling every time he recommends a book to me, but whatever. Um, Mr. Todd, what's your grade? And I didn't give it an A minus. What's really interesting, Adam slightly brought this up, but it's um, the first issue or the first part is one story, and it really kind of takes a turn in the last area of things. So it's it does a nice, delightful job with that, but it seems the um, he was finding his footing a little bit with that first issue before he really got on his roll mm-hmm. going. So A minus. I thought it was great. I loved it. Okay, uh, Mr. My uh, Adam, sorry, Mr. Adam. Rude. Uh, I'm actually with an A plus. I love uh-huh. this how this turned out. Uh, just the, the parallels between you know like everything from the Holocaust to civil rights movement to LGBT rights. Uh, 
and the way it, it did make you actually fully view these these chickens as humans then that's kind of the way he was trying to get across uh and i just think it's incredibly relevant and um pointed and just uh and ideas and philosophies that i think we need to pay more attention to of regarding humans as humans and not wondering if they have a skin color if they are different from us but accepting people as who they are Cool. Um, and then uh, Mr. Adam will stay with you for art. Uh, I'll go with an A as well. I mean, like, I, um, I talked about, we all talked about just how it, uh, realistic it is, and considering the fact that it is a black and white graphic novel, uh, it still makes everything come to life. Uh, the horror, what's taking place, and the fear, and the love, and the reactions of the characters uh, all just simply jump off the page and make it realistic. Cool. Uh, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm, o- I'm only going to give it an B+. Plus just because like i said it earlier sometimes it does time jump from him uh you know re-reading about the past and taking place in the past back to the present and it's not quite clear when it does jump uh but other than that it's fantastic art uh i'm gonna give it an a minus i thought it was amazing art just you know um i really dug it uh mr todd i'm gonna give it an a minus as well um i loved it his uh skills as an inker I mean, as this thing's drawn through, really shines through back and forth. It, what is interesting with its great strength, I wonder how palatable it would be if it was colorized, because some of those scenes in the poultry farm and others is just absolutely brutal. You've got this one sequence where you have a bunch of um, men as a gang basically going, trying to kill the chickens. They're walking around with, um, again, as we said earlier, chicken heads just sitting on their belts, and they're just old, stubby, and drying as if they're scalps or whatnot. So I think this black and white was a brilliant move. But yeah, A minus A. It was great. I actually kind of slightly disagree with you on that. I actually think that part of the power of it is is that the starkness of the black and white, I think, makes it stronger. I feel like... Really? I I think in those violent moments, I think you're right that that would be more shocking. But I think in general, I think if it's colorized, I think it would feel more cartoonish. And I think that the line Mm -hmm. weight and the way that it's drawn, I feel like gives it a starkness and a importance to it that I feel like colorizing it might undercut a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, like that's that's purely my opinion, but uh, you know that's just sort of my two cents on sure. that. Uh, cool. So then overall grade, we will start with Mr. Maya. Straight up A. It's it's a solid book. I will also go with an A. I have very little to add to that. Uh, Mr. Todd, what's your overall grade? It's an A. I really suggest this to people all the time. They're like, oh, you should check out Elmer, and they're like, what? Describe it to me, and it's like, well, <laughs> it's just you should read it. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard it's book great. to explain and sell, like, but. Well, uh, some people go, like, well, how does it start? And he's like, well, it starts out with this guy masturbating to this pinup model-looking person. And you try to find out it's a chicken. And it goes from there. I think if you really want to sell someone on it, you sell it as this this family of chickens. And it's in a world where chickens have, you know, gained sentience. And, and now it's it's their family struggle of, you know, coming out of that experience or whatever. But yeah. if you want to talk about chicken masturbation, that's fine, too. Uh, speaking of chicken masturbation, Adam, what is your uh, overall grade? <laughs> Uh, well, for the chicken masturbation, definitely. Um, <laughs> it was, I love this book. I think yeah. it's, it's, you know, again, the first couple pages, I was kind of like, what the fuck are we getting into? <laughs> um, and it, you know, yes, chicken masturbation. But as I said, like the, the art's fantastic. The writing's amazing. Uh, and just the themes that are throughout this book are, are just really hit home for me. So maybe it's just because I'm looking at it from my personal viewpoint. But again, I think it's kind of what we do with comics is you take what's being presented and you apply it to you however you want. And... It just really, it just really resonated with me. What I really love about it and him subbing in this uh, chicken sentience is it could really sub in for any issue. 
or many different issues as they any human issue where that has to deal with human you know issues, right. a, a group of the other being outcast for whatever reason yeah absolutely right it's its own kind of star-bellied snitch yeah completely um well before we get into recommendations real fast just want to let you know so next month as we said before we are doing andy wilson month because it is andy wilson's birthday happy birthday andy um, Happy birthday. birthday! So Andy picked uh, four books for us. Um, we're going to be doing Vader Down, which is um, sort of a, for those of you who've, who haven't read the new Star Wars books, there was sort of a crossover event um, at the end of the first run of it, and this, that was called Vader Down, and then there's been a second run of Vaders that's since started, um, but that's that, there's that. Um, and then they're doing March, um, which is written by, and I'm blanking on his name, I feel like a horrible person right now. Senator... Uh... Is that right? The... Yeah, because he's a senator. I'm blanking out his name, and the book is too far away for me to go. But he uh, he actually walked with Martin Luther King. He was part of a lot of those protests and things like that. Um, he was very much part of the civil rights movement. He wrote um, these comic books about uh, his experience. I'm like, like one of the quotes in the book is actually from President Clinton, so that kind of tells you what we're getting into. And and Andy mm-hmm. is a is very political um, in a very positive way. He wants to make positive change for people, so it makes sense that he would pick this book. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually really excited to read this book. Also, um, the guy who this mm-hmm. book is about, or who wrote this book, and it's about, he did an interview on David Letterman's new talk show that's on Netflix, and I don't remember which episode it is. It, it's on the Obama episode. It's on, okay, it's on so on the, first, on the, first the, one. the very first episode, yes. Yeah. So on the very first episode, it's the same guy. So if you've watched that, or like mm-hmm. a little more back information before you get to that, um, that's the same guy who, who wrote this book. So that's pretty exciting. Um, then we're doing a book called The Century. Uh, it's a Marvel book. I'm not familiar with it. Mr. Maya, do you know what this is? So back in the 2000s, Marvel did this thing where they're like, oh, we found this, uh, all these, you know, old sketches and, and, and unused plans for the superhero. It's basically Superman. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and they didn't really find it. It was all made up. Um, but yeah, Centri- uh, John Lewis, by the way, Senator John Lewis. Okay, is, there uh, it is. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm not a fan of the Sentry character. Uh, after they used it, you know, Brian Michael Bendis uh, had him in the Avengers for a little while. Um, he's got kind of a split personality. He has this this dark alter ego called uh, the Void, I think. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, we may need to double check with Andy which one to do because there have been a couple of Sentry miniseries. Well, and, and so, yeah, so the reason I bought the one I did because Ad, uh, Andy posted a picture on his Instagram of which books he had picked. Okay. And so it's the black cover with the yellow sort of graphical design on the cover of it oh, um, is I how I found that's, it. That's, a, that's the first. That's the original. That's the original miniseries? Yeah. Okay, so that's the one we're doing. Um, and then we're doing a book called Manifest Destiny, which I believe is an image book, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know much about that either, but uh, we'll get into that. But those are the four books we're doing for Andy Wilson Month. Then we're going to figure out September, and then we're going to go on to Halloween 3. So we need to start figuring out horror books as well. So that's what's coming up in the next couple months. Um, next week, we will uh, finish off our book, our month of animal books with animosity, which I've already pre-read. Um, mm-hmm. And in a similar way to this book, was this another recommendation from you, Todd? It was. Todd loves his animal comic books, man. Because he also recommended Wii 3 to me as well. Rover Red Charlie by Garth Ennis is also worth a read. Well, when we do Animal 2 Electric Boogaloo, maybe we'll have to throw that in there. That's right. But in a similar way, this is about all animals getting sentience. They somehow become um, aware. And uh, this is mainly follows the story of a little girl and her pet bloodhound. Some of the animals are really upset at the way humans have treated them, and they get the revenge. And uh, this dog uh, is very loyal to his little girl who... um, 
uh, was his owner and she takes care of him and he takes care of her and it's sort of a sweet little story and we're reading the first trade of it there's uh, the third one is coming out like next week as we record this it will definitely be out I think by the time this comes out and I'm actually having read it I spoiler a little bit I actually enjoyed it and I'm looking at getting the other books to, to finish off the series or keep reading the series because I really liked it but uh, <laughs> shall we jump into recommendations before we go yeah sure let's. okay um, I have one does anybody else have something they want to jump in on I do, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so there's this video game just came out on the Nintendo Switch. It's called Octopath Traveler. It's by Square Enix, the guys who do Final Fantasy. Um, this plays a lot like kind of like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger did back on the old Super Nintendo. That uh, has a cute little graphics, but actually has a better lighting system. And basically, the story is that there's there are eight different characters you play as, and you're all they're all doing their own quest. But you choose one character, you start their quest, then you go and you meet other people who join you. And the story is very disparate as far as they don't like really connect as far as like what one person does to the other. Uh, so it's kind of weird how they would help each other out, but the battle system is amazing. It actually makes you think about how you're approaching things. Uh, it's The voice acting is excellent, and the music is absolutely fantastic. Like The, the version I got actually came with a soundtrack, which I'm excited to download on my iPhone. So uh, it's cool. one of the best games they've put out in a long time. So Cool. Um, so my recommendation, um, last week we read a book by uh, Jeff Lemire, which as we've discussed earlier, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Lemire. And this was probably one of the, that was one of the weakest thing. That's definitely the weakest thing I've ever read from him. And I was a little disappointed. So I went back and I read, um, I, I bought it um, and I'm about halfway through the overall series, a book called Sweet Tooth, um, which to be honest with you, we could have done instead of Animal Man, to be honest with you. Um, Sweet Tooth <laughs> is about, um, it's basically post-apocalyptic. Um, a lot of the humans have died, but for some reason, some of the people who, like, there's a plague that's taking out humans, but there are these uh, human-animal hybrids that seem to be somehow the key to human survival, and they're both loved and hated, and it's about this little boy who uh, is staying hidden away in a cabin with his father until his father dies, and then he is basically thrust out into the world um, and has to learn to trust and or help other people and things like that, and it's sort of a big epic tale and i'm about i'm literally halfway through it because it's three volumes i have like three big hardback volumes um it reads really well it's if you're not a fan of jeff lemire's art this is the most mainstream art he's ever done um and uh he has some interesting long burns as to the backstories of all these characters they're they're as you get to know them more they have relatively complicated paths that make things kind of interesting um and uh yeah so i've really really enjoyed that um and uh wish we would have done that instead of animal man because i was really disappointed by that one but um mr todd do you have a recommendation i do um i've always been a longtime fan of andy diggle of the losers fame and he did uh the great green arrow year one as well mm-hmm. uh, so fucking good it is isn't it so um one of his more recent books come out from dynamite entertainment is james bond's um kill chain so it's a uh, dynamite has license and they've been putting out james bond stories um the, the first one Warren Ellis did. The the first two Warren Ellis did, two, yeah. and then the second two has been um, Andy Diggle, and then it's moved on to another writer. Yeah. Um, Kill Chain is Andy Diggle's second one, and it's fantastic. It's a great James. It's got all the trappings of a James Bond story, and but it feels authentically James Bond, and it's a whole lot of fun. And I, I do because rec- I've read a couple of these. I do recommend if you do get them, do pick them up in trades. Don't uh, get them in single issues because uh, they really are. A single story. A single story. It and, really is. And, and it, it's hard to go month to month with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But yeah, no, it's really good. Kill Chain, James Bond 007 Kill Chain, Andy Diggle. 
um, did the writing for it. It's great. I want to check those out. Those looked interesting. Kill Shane's really good. I've got I've got the set of four, and I think um, that one's probably the best of the four I read. Cool. Um, no. And Mr. Maya. Um. So I'm gonna. As, as a lot of people know, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling. Uh, and you know, a lot of people pretty much only know WWE. I'm gonna recommend uh, probably like the last six months or so. I've been watching a lot of New Japan pro wrestling. Um. They focus a lot more on the matches and then storytelling through the matches instead of, uh, you know, a lot of you know, soap opera uh, cutting promos on each other back and forth or behind backstage. Uh, right now, July through the rest of the year, they're having this big, huge tournament uh, that goes, or not through the rest of the year, through uh, the middle of August, the rest of the month, um, called the G1 Climax, where the winner of that basically gets to face the champion at their equivalent to WrestleMania, which is in January. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far watching the, what, what matches have come out. <laughs> is it in English or is it in Japanese? Uh, so they, they release both, uh, English commentary and Japanese, Japanese commentary. You can watch it both. Um, and, uh, you can sign up for it. Their, their streaming service, uh, isn't, great as far as um accessibility uh right now like i'm just using the cat casting it from my laptop to the tv um mm -hmm. just because it's got chromecast built into no chrome uh mm -hmm. but it is available on the amazon fire stick i think is an actual app uh but it's it's a lot of fun hmm. okay sounds interesting uh cool uh does anybody else have anything they want to throw in before we call this one good no, I think I'm about there. Go read this book. Yeah, awesome. it was great. Well, cool. Then uh, we will see you uh, next week for uh, Animosity. Um, and then the following month, Andy Wilson month. Hooray for Andy Hooray. Wilson. Hooray, Andy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that'll do it for this week. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, see you on the flip side. Bye. 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 You almost had, like, a barbershop quartet thing going on there. It's nice, isn't it? It's we, nice. we actually we practice for hours before we get on. Yeah. You might need a little bit more practice. Shut up. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. So that happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.